Hello and welcome to the Clutch Tennis Podcast. Um, we are joined this week again by Luke. I think you're there, Luke. How are you doing? I am there. Um, I'm good, thanks, Charlie. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Um, I stayed up pretty late last night watching uh, both the tennis, the UFC. It was a lot of sport on, so pretty ropey at half eight o'clock in the evening here, but we, we rock and roll. Um, so... Last week, we, we did not have a podcast, did we? I don't think. No. It's no, funny. we missed it for, for some reason. I think you were having a party with a bunch of 70-year-olds. Is that right? I think that was what you had on. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yep. Luke likes pensioning. Pensioning? Partying with the pensioners. Um, <laughs> we can call that pensioning if we like. Um, I mean, that's, anyway. that's a lot more dodgy than what it was. <laughs> let's, let's just move on, I think. Ah, we could stick on that topic for a while, but but yeah, fine. Let's let's move on. Anyway, last week was uh, ATP Queens and ATP Haller, which are probably two of the better grass court events that we have on the on the agenda. Uh, so a shame that we missed them. Um, I'll just quickly give a brief overview of what sort of happened. Decent week for for Sasha Bublik beating the other Sasha, Sasha Zverev. Um, in straight sets in the semi-final, competing in his final this week against Andre Rublev, who's had a standout week, really, um, beating Bautista Agu very comfortably in the semis as well. Uh, that's over in Halle, slightly slower grass court over there. And then on the slightly quicker courts over at Queens, um, it's been a really good week for Alex Dimonor, making yet another grass court final for him. Um, and Carlos Alcaraz is the big standout. Um, somebody we thought just wasn't a grass quarter has has turned in a pretty good grass court week and has looked pretty much unfallible again. So if he's going to play like this or Wimbledon, somebody who we thought might bow out early week one is is probably going to be in it for the long haul. And they're my main takeaways from, from this week. A couple of other standout names that I saw lost first round, but Yibing Wu, that's a second time in a row where he's taken a reasonable grass court player, uh, took Fuksovic the week before and took um, Rublev this week to three. Um, very good performances both times I thought I think he's going to be somebody who we should look out for on the grass um, anyone else that I, I think of Seb Corder looks like he's at least somewhat back had a dodgy performance against Alcaraz but I think we'll put that on down to playing against one of the world's best they're probably the two other names that kind of stand out to me at the minute um, Talon Griexpor um, another quality grass quarter Fell to Rublev this week, but won the title the week before over in um, uh, Herzogenbosch and um, won our opening round here again this week very comfortably against Carpias Baena. So there's a few a few names that have shown us that they can play on the grass where I wasn't 100% certain on them before. Um, now, I don't know if we have a recap from the one we did before, which I think was the Herzogenbosch and... Um, Stuttgart. Stuttgart, well done. Uh, podcast, do we have that? We do, yeah. I'll just go through that quickly now. Um, yeah. So our, our accumulators did not go well. Um, let's just leave it at that. Um, so we're minus two there. Um, we also tweeted out a, a double yesterday for, for Queen's semis, which which will include in this recap, um, which had Demon Orr, who, who beat Runa, and then also Seb Corder, who who lost to Alcraz. So that's, that's another loss, sadly. Um, in terms of tips and passes, um, mine of uh, Nakashima minus 1.5 against Rusevori lost, um, taking me to three and five for the year. Um, 
and then Charlie's was uh, Kubla plus 2.5 against Umber, and that sadly lost as well, taking him to 2-6. and six. Um, In terms of outrights, um, a lot of a lot of misses this week, but one hit. Um, so we, well, last week even. So we, we had Kyrgios, well, you had Kyrgios, Medvedev, we both had Dimonor, and I had Fritz, who lost. Um, but I my wild card was Janet Struff uh, for Stuttgart, who ended up making the final. Um, um, had match points, I think, in the final. Lost a, lost an absolute epic to to France's TFO in a third set tiebreak. He did. It was it was ten eight in the in the third set tiebreak, and he had one match point, I think, at eight seven in that tiebreak. Yeah, I mean, if, if you haven't seen them, the the championship point the TFO won, it's well worth having a look at that crazy point. Uh, but anyway, he was 22 to 1. Um, so that's still an each way win of 11 to 1. Um, and if given we put half a half a unit each way, unit in total, um, that's plus five units. Um, so overall for the episode, um, that saved us from a, from a big loss, really. But we're still down two units. Yeah, and you know what? I think that might be our worst week on the on the podcast this year. I, I wouldn't be certain on that, but I think it's definitely top three, and I think it probably is the worst. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it feels like in our, even in our worst weeks, we somehow managed to almost break even. Yeah, it's normally the, the outrights. I think we're just pretty good at generically picking three or four kind of guys who are going to do fairly well for the week, I think. Mm. Um which is which is a good thing. Um, it seems to definitely be that that we do better on than our than our accumulators, which seems almost certainly lose because uh, round one accumulators are always the toughest thing to pick. Um, but I also did say as a precursor in that podcast, the first week of the grass season is actually the hardest week of the year. So I'm not really surprised that we turned out a loss there. Um, as I say, last week was more of just a discussion, and I I don't know if you have anything more that you wanted to add about last week, Luke. Um, uh, well, the the only name you haven't mentioned that was really impressive last week was uh, Adrian Manorino. Um, I actually was lucky enough to go to Queens on the Thursday, um, and I saw him beat Fritz, and um, he was brilliant. Really, it's the best I've seen him serve, to be honest. Um, and you know that's such an important thing on the grass. Um, this lefty serve as well just seems to um, just seems to work better on the grass, I think, because of the slice. Um, I have obviously a lot of big lefty servers in the past do do well historically, like someone like McEnroe or even Izovic. Um Obviously, Manorino doesn't have to do a big serve, but yeah, moving really well and keeping really good depth as well. Um, I don't think Fritz played badly, but um, Manorino able to come out on top in, in straight sets um, in the second set tiebreak. So yeah, he's, he's the only other name um, I mentioned. He also beat Medvedev in in Sir Togenbosch, so um, definitely want to watch this week and um, also in Wimbledon. Always good on the grass. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Manorino is just a, a tricky, tricky customer, to be honest. I don't think he's the kind of person who's going to set the world on fire, but round three or four isn't out of the question. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was at Wimbledon one year when he got... I was quite sad to see this on the um, order of play on centre court that day when I was there. Um, when I saw Manorino play Federer, and I think Federer won two, love and three or something. It was destruction. Um, anyway, uh, moving on. So this week, as I say, ATP Eastbourne and ATP... 
P Mallorca. That's the ones. There we go. I hate this grass court event in Spain. As do all the player theming layers. There's been about nine withdrawals. Um, it's just a just a dead dead event, really. Where I don't think many of the players really care about it. It also was the pretty much the end of Dominic team. <laughs> funnily enough, at this event, I don't know if you remember that, but this is the event where his wrist popped. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it was just before Wimbledon at Mallorca. It was in the quarters, I think. He's playing against like some absolute nobody, and he he just got yeah ruined because his wrist went. And then he hasn't really ever been the same since. So it's the the killer of Dominic team, um, and just not a particularly great event. The grass isn't well maintained there. You get a lot of odd bounces, and I think people are kind of just keeping an eye on Wimbledon. Really, I don't know why they've gone out to Spain to play a grass court event. It's just very peculiar to me. Um, but anyway, I think typically you'd expect Mallorca to play quite fast, a very dusty, short grass, grass court from my memory, uh, with, as I say, some odd bounces. So probably favouring the bigger hitters, I have to say. Um, not the people who kind of look to to kind of be a bit more precise and cut and weave their way through the points. Um, so big service, definitely. Um, and, uh, and then Eastbourne, typically Eastbourne is actually quite slow grass. We know this very well, Luke, because we've, we've played on these courts ourselves um, in, in uh, kind of tennis events ourselves. And um, I, I tend to find that those grass courts, they're quite difficult to move on until the grass gets quite worn at the back. Uh, so anything up the court is quite difficult because it's very long, lush grass, as I say. But that does make them play quite slow. So just bear in mind that you might get a couple of guys who are more like your hard quarters doing quite well. A little bit like over in Haller last week where Andre Rublev has done pretty well, where I'm not going to slander him, but grass hasn't been his, his favorite surface across the years. Um, so that's kind of my analysis of the, the two events. I don't know if there's anything that you kind of just want to throw out there before we maybe start talking about our picks, Luke. Yeah, I mean, from... Yeah, from, from memory of playing at Eastbourne, I mean, the court's are unbelievably true, as you'd expect with any any British grass event. Um, they, they also, from memory, seem to... Yes, they, they, were, they are a bit slower, I think, but um, they do still bounce quite low. So I think that's an extra thing to bear in mind. Correct me if, I'm, if you think otherwise, but... No, no, no. The, the low, low bouncing's fine. Yeah, that's generally what will happen if you have longer grass, because obviously... Yeah. It absorbs a lot of the uh, the pace, and then it won't bounce up as high. It will be quite as, as sort of bouncy. It'll it'll sort of sponge into it, but um, but it will take off as I say that that speed. So whilst you can still hit big burst serves and get cheap points that way, the same as you can on any surface, um, the ground stroke rallies will generally be slightly longer. Um, but you might expect some of the guys who do use that kind of slice to approach and come into the net, they'll tend to do quite well. All those with explosive power, a bit like Alcaraz, might do quite well as well. Um, although I don't think Alcaraz is playing. Um, just to add that in. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but I don't think he is. Um, okay, well, that kind of brings us on to, onto our picks for the week. And can't remember who went first last time, but I think I'm going to go first this time. Um, so I've actually gone for a four-fold accumulator. And once again, I've kind of gone for... Matches that are closer to to fifty fifties as the bookies see them, um, just because I I find that they're slightly better value at the moment on the grass. I don't like um, seriously short odds on on grass. It's it's 
too easy for it to go to a tie break and somebody sneak it. Um, so first match that I've gone for is somebody I spoke about in the kind of introduction. I've gone for Yibing Wu to beat Kecmanovic. Now, both of these guys, um, Kecmanovic isn't a bad grass quarter at all. Um, and I think uh, especially if, if he gets that, that slightly slower grass, I think that'll suit him quite nicely. But from what I've seen of Yibing Wu, this suits him perfectly. The, the, the surface, that is. He moves very well on it and efficiently. He counter punches very well. He has quite flat ground strokes, which I didn't realize before. Lots of pace off the forehand wing, ability to change direction because he's quite a small, uh, low center of gravity player. Um, the only thing lacking for him in terms of grass court pedigree is, is his serve. And he's still getting enough cheap points to challenge these top, top guys like Ribler, Fuksovic, as I say. Um, and Kitschmanovic hasn't looked at the races probably pretty much all of 2023, I would say. And the grass court season looks to be no different. Um, I think Yibing Wu at evens, one-to-one, is, is a great pick there. Um, pick number two, and probably the best value pick that I've got, is uh, Nuno Borges, Portuguese, to be Sebastian Baez, the Argentinian. Four to seven on Borges here. Um, Borges is not your traditional kind of Spanish player or Spanish-Portuguese kind of um, influence of player. Um, he's gone through America. He's gone through the college scene. Therefore, he's pretty astute when it comes to hard courts as well as clay courts. And seemingly, his grass court record isn't that bad either. Now, Seb Byers is terrible on anything that isn't clay. He hates anything where the ball comes through fast. Um, his serve is one of the worst inside the top 100. Um, and anything where he can't extend the rallies and use heavy RPMs with lots of height over the net, he's going to get attacked upon. Nuno Borges likes moving forwards in the court. Um, and also has a very aggressive ground stoke game, which is why he also is quite suited to the new generation of clay court. Um, I think Nuno Borges will actually probably win that in straights, but four to seven is a good enough price just to take that as a mainline pick. Um, I haven't really looked at, this, at the buyer's grass court form, but I, I can't imagine he's won many matches, if any, ever. Just quickly, whilst I'm here, uh, I've got my laptop in front of me, so it makes it nice and easy. I, I actually had a look at this. Um, surprisingly, he's actually won a couple. He beat beat Thompson last year, which is surprising. Yeah. Results. Uh, uh, we're nearly there. I mean, Thompson is a, a funny chap at the best of times, but oh, it's it's not going to tell me how many girls got there. Oh no, it is. It is. Okay. Um, he has only ever played for five, six, seven grass court matches, of which I presume a couple of those are juniors back in 2018 and 17. So if we take the ones from 2021 onwards, he's won two, lost three. That's not terrible, but I'd have to hazard a guess that those matches were not against quality opposition. Jordan Thompson, fine. That's a good win. That leaves one other win and three losses. And I, I'm just going to guess that they're not great. Um, that's not massively helpful, I know, for anyone listening. Um, but but I, I just I just can't see how he'd be efficient on the surface. He's barely ever won a hard court match, let alone a grass court. So he's won in the last three years eleven hard court matches. That is terrible. That is absolutely diabolically bad um, for somebody who is a top fifty player. <laughs> so. Um, so, yeah, anyway, um, I've gone for, for Nuno Borges, who is good on grass, and we know he is. Um, pick number three, and again, you're probably going to hate on me for this. I've gone for Alexander Bublik. If he plays, um, the courts over at Mallorca will suit him quite nicely. 
I can't see Ramos being Oash. That's who he's playing, by the way. Uh, being able to break his serve on that sort of super quick, dusty grass. Um, and I think as long as he doesn't completely tank, it, it should be a runaway. I think the price is only four to nine because there is that tank factor with Bublik round ones. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bublik beat Rublev today um, and take home the title. First 500 um, and first title on grass, I believe. Um, so yeah, Bublik four to nine there. And then I've gone Jason Kubler at four to nine to beat Constant Lestien. Now that match screams to me, don't pick me. Um, which begs the question why I'm picking it. But um, it's going to be a jumble, like a, a mess, really. Both of these guys like to be a bit crafty with their grass court play. Lestien more than Kubler. Kubler's more kind of, I suppose, traditional slice and and dice kind of player. We'll, we'll just keep the ball in play and counterpunch. Lestien will hit forehand slices, backhand slices. He'll come in, drop shots. Um, I just think that Kubler's got the movement that allows him to expose that kind of game. I think Lestien will pick up wins on grass against guys who don't move uh, vertically up the court very well. Kubler's got a very nice net game. He's won a grand slam in doubles, uh, pretty much carrying his partner the whole way to a title. Um, and he's proven to be good on grass again, which I think is the most important thing of anything when we pick out these grass court matches. And I think four to nine is a good price there. Lestienne has not had a good year, minus a couple of grass court wins these last couple of weeks. Um, so Kubler, four to nine. Did Kubler win Ilkley, by the way? He was in the final against Sebov. Yeah, he did. He did, okay. So coming off the back of a challenger win, great form. Sets you up so nicely for this season. Um, so that's Yibing Wu at evens. Borges at 4 to 7, Bublik at 4 9, Kubler 4 9, and that comes in at 5.55 to 1, which I think is is really good picks. Now, if I was going uh, handicap, I'd probably take uh, the Borges handicap. Um, now, I haven't actually looked at this. I'll again just quickly check it. I'm pretty sure it's minus 2.5. It is minus 2.5. So I'll take as my tips are passed for the week, minus 2.5 on Borges. And now I'll hand over to you. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I do slightly question the public pick. I mean, it, on paper, everything points to a, to a public win, but it's obviously just that that tank factor. But you'd, you'd think if he wasn't, I mean, grass is the only time of year where he seems, you know, more switched on. Um, and you'd think that if he was. You know, if, if he was tired from Haller, then he would just withdraw and save himself for for Wimbledon. Um, and then the the Wu match, I I don't really know to be honest. I haven't I haven't seen Wu play on grass. Um, I don't think Kachmanovic is in great form. He hasn't been playing that well the last year or so. Um, but at evens, that's that's probably a, a good price there. Um, so I'll, I'll get into mine now. Um, I've also got um, Kubler to beat Lestien at one to two. Um, that's in Mallorca. Um, you explained that really well about about movement um, being a factor. I think Lestien is, yeah, as you say, he's, he's going to pick up wins against kind of the more aggressive and more erratic players um, due to his kind of variety, um, his ability to keep the ball low. Um, whereas Kubler's solid enough uh, from the back of the court, moves well, and he does have uh, that forehand that can winning points and a, and a pretty decent serve, which Lestian doesn't have. Um, I mean, both men have been playing um, challenges in 
in the UK recently instead of playing ATPs. Um, but, I mean, Lestien has struggled a bit. He's lost round one in both Nottingham and Ilkley. Um, whereas Kubler, as we mentioned, um, won the title in Ilkley. Um, and just has a lot more grass pedigree. So I think one to two is a good price there. Um, we've also got Borges to beat Baez at four to seven in Eastbourne. Um, don't understand these odds. I thought Borges would be much shorter. Um, as you say, Baez's game just does not adapt well to grass or hard. Um, you know, t terrible record on, on hard throughout his career. Um, he also hasn't played on grass this year, whereas Borges has at least played a few events. He made the semis of the Nottingham Challenger, losing to Andy Murray, which there's no disgrace in. Um, and as you say, he has a bit more, well, a lot more weaponry than Baez on the grass. Um, and so I think, I think everything points to, to a Borges win. And I think that is, that's the, definitely the value pick of, of round one. Um, two other matches you did not go for. I've got Nicholas Jarry to beat uh, Mikel Ema at 4-9 in Eastbourne. Uh, Jarry's been in great form all year, really. Um, uh, picked up two titles in the clay, made the last 16 or quarters of the French. Um, and he seems to have kept that going um, onto the grass. Managed to beat Sitzpass this week in Halle, made the quarters. Um, whereas Ema has not been in in great form um, recently, ever since getting uh, defaulted in Lyon, as I think he's won a match since. Um, this will be a, a very cat and mouse match. You've got players on the on the opposite ends of the spectrum, really, in terms of aggressiveness. Um, Jarry is one of the most aggressive players on tour, and Emo is one of the one of the most defensive players on tour. Um, but I think on grass, Jarry's serve is going to be the key here. Um, you know, his serve is big enough that he. If he serves well, Emo won't, even though he's a good returner, won't get a look in at all. Um, so it's just it's just whether Jerry can make enough balls, really. Um, and I think given his form, he will. Um, and then my last match, I've got Farusa Bori to beat Barrer um, at 4-9 over in Eastbourne. Um, they're quite similar players um, in terms of game style. Um, but I think Farusa Bori is much better at absorbing and redirecting pace um, than Barrer. Um, he has a much better backhand, um, and he has he has a lot more kind of grass, uh, good grass court results in the, the last few years. I remember he made the quarters of of Queens last year. He's made the semis of uh, and Bosch this year. Picked up a couple of good wins there. Um, so I think four to nine is a good pick there. Um, so that four fold got Kubler at one to two, Borges at four to seven. Jerry at four to nine and Rusabori at four to nine. Um, that fourfold comes in at three point nine one to one. Um, and my tips pass is going to be the same as Charlie. Uh, Ball has minus two point five games. Yep, good pick. Um, yeah, um, I, we overlap quite a lot to be fair anyway, um, which is always a good thing. Um, normally means that we're picking the right the right things. Now, each week we normally pick an outright for, for each event and a wild card, so something a bit harder, something a bit longer odds. Um, for some reason, there are no odds out for um, for ATP eSport, so we're just going to have to kind of tweet those ones out a bit later. Um, but we have got the Mallorca odds, um, at least, which yeah, helps. Now, uh, I'm just going to get those odds up in front of me. Um, just double check one final time that the Eastbourne odds aren't there. They are not. Um, 
Okay, Mallorca. Now, for Mallorca, I don't really care about this event, um, as I've already said. But um, I think my outright is going to be Bublik at 11 to 2. <laughs> um, I just think he's playing pretty well. And if he can keep it up for another week, there's no reason he can't win Mallorca too. And the only other really big name is Sitsipas, and he's not been good on the grass. Um, actually, he's not ever really been good on the grass, which is a bit weird. But um, but yeah, so just, just really him. Um, other notable names in the draw, Manorino. I think he's got a good chance. Um, but my wild card is going to be uh, Ben Shelton at 11 to 1. I thought he looked really good, actually, um, in Queens this week. Um, he he was unlucky against Massetti. I felt he played one poor game in that third set um, that, that really set him back. And I think he's, he's adjusting. It's his first time playing on the surface. Um, so I think having that week under his belt, playing a slightly quicker grass court in Mallorca will suit him. Um, and I think I think he's a great price there at 11 to 1. So probably an each way on Ben Shelton and uh, an outright on Bublik. Uh, over to you. Yeah, no, that's um, fair enough. Um, my wild card is also Ben Shelton. Um, as you say, not played much in the grass, but I think he really has the game for it. Um, he's got that big lefty serve and lefty forehand. Um, and he, he moves pretty well for a big guy as well. Um, I, I didn't actually see him in, in Queens last week, but I know he beat Wolf and then lost the tight one to Massetti, I think. Um, yeah, that's correct. So, so definitely encouraging signs. And, um, you know, given the, the quality of this field, there's no reason why he can't go all the way. He hasn't won a title yet as well. So there's definitely extra motivation if he goes deep to to get over the line. Um, whereas some people might have might have an eye on, on Wimbledon next week and may, maybe not put in as much effort. Um, and then, so yeah, he's my wild card at 11 to 1. Um, my outright is going to be Andre Manorino um, at 17 to 2. So that's um, 8.5 to 1. As I said, played brilliantly in Queens. Um, you know, his... These quick surfaces are the only surfaces where he's he's good, really. He's, he stinks on clay. He doesn't do well on slow hard courts, but um, places like Australia where quick hard courts or indoors or grass is where he really comes into his own. Um, moves well. Um, he, has, he has that lefty forehand that is good at dragging people out of court. He uses angles well. Um, very good at the net as well. Likes coming in, has nice feel, nice volleys. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's, there's really no one in his half other than Sitsipas, but I mean, he's, he's been crap on the grass apart from, apart from last year, he won this title in fairness. Um, but there's been really no signs of, of any grass court form this, um, this year. I think he's won like one match out of three. Um, yep. And I mean, he's not looked good all. Large parts of the year, really, to be honest. So, no, since um, since the Aussie Open, really, he's fallen off massively. Uh, I mean, the other, the other, he gets a buy into into the last sixteen as well. I mean, the other seeds he got Carvajal's by Anna. I, I don't think he'll even make it to the quarters. Uh, Richard Gasquet as well. Um, so yeah, I, I back Manorino to beat all of them, really. Um, He's beaten Medvedev, uh, as I mentioned, a few weeks ago. So he's definitely not going to be scared of 
of beating the top players, beat Taylor Fritz this week as well. So I think 17 to 2 is, is a great price on, on Manorino. He's probably my favourite for the for the event. Um, should we talk about Eastbourne quickly? We can talk about Eastbourne. Um, I haven't looked at the draw. Um, I will very quickly get it up in front of me once again. Um, why don't you chat away about whatever it is you want to talk about Eastbourne and then I'll jump in. Um, well, I, th- I think the standout name is Taylor Fritz. Um, he's won the title here twice before, including last year. Um, he's the top seed. Um, he, he looked pretty good last week, in fairness, in, in Queens when I saw him live. Um, his forehand's really, really quite something. I haven't seen him live in a few years, but it's, it's really, you know, you, you really um, notice things like that live. His, his forehand's really come on a lot. It's just such a, such a great shot um, on the grass. That's, it's it's a real weapon. Um, so he he's the standout name this week, but I don't think you'll get great odds on him. Um, and then in the other half, you've got the other high seater like Tommy Paul, Nicholas Jarry, um, Etcheverry. He's a bit of an unknown quantity on grass. I mean um, the okay. the obvious name in in the bottom half is is Demonor, no? I I can't see Demonor in the draw. I don't know what you're looking at. I'm looking at the draw. He's got a buy through the first round. He's C3. Well, I, I can't see him in the draw. I think he, plays, he plays the winner of Barrera and Rusevori. Um, I've got Jerry in that spot. Okay, well, that's weird. Um, <laughs> Are you on the, I'm on the ATP website. Well, maybe he's pulled out then. Maybe he's pulled out. Which is weird. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, fair enough. Um, in that case, that bottom half is a load of shite. Um, so, Christ knows who's coming out of that half. Yeah, maybe Nakashima, maybe. I don't know. Paul. Yibing Wu. Probably Yibing a long Wu, maybe. Price. Yeah, long price there, I reckon you could get on him. Not a bad shout. Um, yeah, this is not a quality field. I mean, if, if Maxine Cressy wants to save his career, then maybe he'll have another deep run. Oh, no, but he's in the wrong side, isn't he? He's in the top, and he's got van der Zandschalt first, which is not exactly a pretty round one. Um, Lorenzo Senego, good chance. I think he's made the final here before, lost to Demon All. Um, and uh, he's top half of the draw. I think you're right. I think... Um, I think I think Taylor Fritz is the is the name to beat in this in this event really, um, and then if you're right that Demonor has pulled out, then um, I I don't really see anyone else. Uh, as I say, like uh, Marco Cecchinato, <laughs> he won a great cross match in his life. This match, this event is shit. Excuse my French, but what the hell? This is trash. Yeah, I've yeah, I've I've checked and Demonor has withdrawn literally this morning. George Lothhagen. I remember him being two years or two and a half years younger than me. I think he was playing under twelves juniors when I was under fourteen. He was crap then, he's crap now. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh my goodness me. What a terrible feel. How is he getting our wild cards? 
he's got money to Wimbledon, I think. Oh, this has made me a little bit angry. This has. This is <laughs> this is dire. I, I normally quite like Eastbourne. I normally think it's quite a good event. Let's make it a challenger event. This is this is awful. Um, okay, yeah, Fritz wins, and then anyone else's uh, lottery. Pick them all. Put a pound on them all. Why not? Um, one of them. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's probably if if Brody wants to do something with his career, it's probably not a terrible chance. Um, he's not picking up wins even on the grass at the moment, which is concerning. Um, Ryan Penniston, I got, I think, a qualifier and then Serendolo maybe. Um, that's not impossible for him to win that. Uh, he could potentially. I think Sonego is actually a, a pretty good shout. If you want a, a, a wild card pick for me, I'll probably be looking at this and saying either a wild card of Yibing Wu or of Sonego, I think. Yeah, that's fair enough. Sonego's, yeah, very good grass quarters. So. I think it's one of the only times of the year where, where you can somewhat reliably back Sonego. Um, I think he just he, he's quite well-rounded on the grass, actually, and he moves weirdly well for an Italian, which is un- unusual. Um, so, so yeah, um, any final thoughts on, on this crab fest? Um, not really, other than I've just realised that because um, of the draw being shifted around, Jerry's now not playing either, so that analysis is irrelevant. Ah, yes, this whole thing has been messed up because the, the, the draw I'm looking at probably isn't even close to being right anymore. Uh, if they've moved all the seeds over, then then it's going to be going to be a real mess. Um, I don't know if that. If, I don't think I actually picked many from from this event to be fair, because I think a lot of the matches hadn't been hadn't been arranged yet because uh, of qualifying tonight. But um, but yeah. Anyway, probably stick to Mallorca. As much as I hate that event too, um, seemingly the field there is slightly better and more solid than than the Eastbourne event, which just baffles me. Why would you go to Spain before playing in Wimbledon? Like surely playing on the the same type of grass in England would make sense. Yeah, I mean, I think both both events are pretty poor, to be honest, in terms of fields. Oh, which is it's, it's to be expected before a slam, but yeah, but Mallorca could be worse. Like Mallorca, Mallorca, I I'm used to that event being terrible, like genuinely terrible. But like it's got it's got a few big decent names in it, like a. Eastbourne literally has Fritz and Sonego. <laughs> like, th- that is kind of it. I'm also surprised that Alcaraz has only played one. Um, this is his first grass court event of the year, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that, that surprises me too for somebody who's clearly needing of matches on the grass. I know he's done well this week, but it's that's a strange one for me. That's I mean, odd skin. He, he, he can always play... Um... One of the exhibitions he did last year. Uh, are, we, are we counting that as quality match practice? Well, no. But going and playing Marcus Willis at Boodles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that does Alcaraz any favors. Um, no, I'd agree on that. Um, but anyway, if he wins Queens, then he's probably ready as it is. He'll know better than me. So. Um, anyway, that kind of rounds off what we what we were going to talk about. And apologies for me kind of just losing my rag there at the end. I just was amazed at how bad these events are. Um, so once again, I think this is probably probably an avoid week, really, if you're looking to make uh, like 
confirmed profit saviour bankroll for, for Wimby, I would, for Wimbledon. But, um, but if you want to punt, probably take some of the picks that I've just named there. Um, anything that you want to add just before we round off, Luke? Yeah, I think this is more of a week just to kind of um, see where people act before Wimbledon. Um, but you obviously haven't got... There aren't many names playing this week that could um, could challenge for the title other than maybe sits past if he can find something or or Fritz as well. But yeah, yeah. I, I think this, this will be a t- another tough betting week. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, thank you for joining me again, Luke. Thanks, Charlie. Um, follow our Twitter at Serving Up Clutch. We'll be keeping updated more and more as we get closer to Wimbledon. I'll be relying on on Luke to be doing a lot of the the tweeting, even though he's got a full-time job now, just because um, the time zones for me are somewhat unfortunate in that all the matches are at like 1am. So I won't be tweeting, but Luke will be. Um, so probably ignore everything that gets tweeted because it's all going to be a little bit questionable. But um, yeah. only joking. But but yeah, join us next week for a, for a Wimbledon special and uh, best of luck this week.